help, old man? You want some? <laughs> Between the two Thank of us, you. we could get one good stride going. Don't fight us, because one of us will back the other guy up. It's going to take two of us to beat anybody here, including the kids. But anyway, praise God. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, not sorry. Uh, thank you. For seven years, we uh, traveled preaching and couldn't get a clear yes on when to plant or where to plant. <laughs> and we even looked at, we looked everywhere. We had opportunities anywhere from Arizona to D.C. Looked at uh, of three different AG churches here in Georgia. We love the South and uh, New Hampshire, Maine. When we finally announced we'd plant, a pastor friend of mine that was big in the Assemblies of God lives in North Carolina now. He said, Al, would you take a church in New Hampshire? I said, I appreciate it, but we got our hearts set on uh, Central Maine. And uh, I'm so glad that we had that clarity. And <clears throat> your pastor was a big part of that. Some of you know that. Thank you for that, amen. Some of you know that. And and equal part was all of you guys that he stirred to help us and to support us. I, I want to thank you. Some of you, uh, is it okay to have him stand? Some of you have supported us monthly for almost 12 months now. And I'd like to hug everyone in. I'll stay here all day if it takes that. Thank you so much. God bless you. It's, uh, it's not even, it's not even, uh, it's not even real to us. We've never had anything like that in 43 and a half years of ministry. We've planted churches and pastored churches and uh, this is very unique. I've tried to explain to God that I'm 62 now. How many know that's very, very young? And I've tried to let him know that being that young, I don't know if I can do this. I don't have a team. I've asked your pastor to just donate the entire worship team to us, but he's not able to learn an instrument at this age, so we got to keep going. Some weeks it's electronic worship. Other weeks, I'm strumming in three chords. Most songs require a fourth one. How many know that? I just skip right over that. Uh, that's right. People don't mind. I just get them worshiping loud. They don't know what I'm doing. But uh, it's been amazing. We're very, we're very grateful. Uh, because of your, your generosity, it, it's unheard of. Because we, we just went through... Uh, the seven, by far, the seven toughest years of our lives. You know, we still have the note that my wife wrote me when she was 11 and I was 12. And uh, we waited. We didn't get married then. Her dad would not improve my income requirements. So, uh, But we married when we became billionaires at age 18 because we had each other. And 
went to Bible college and been in ministry all these years, you name it. This woman has lived in uh, apartments and one-bedroom apartments where you had to go up a floor to use a bathroom. And uh, I'd go one way to the men's bathroom. She'd go to the ladies' bathroom. And uh, that's how our married life started. We've been through it. We worked seven years for no salary at all at a missions Bible college, some of the greatest years of my life. We're reconnected with them because we only live one hour from them. Uh, because of your generosity, we're able to bring in some students for a 10-day impact. They send out the whole campus to work with churches. We've made a lot of friends and a lot of teachers that we taught with at that school 30 years ago. Uh, we've renewed friendships and connections. By the way, your pastor came up, what, maybe six weeks ago, and they loved him. They brought out extra students that week, and, uh, and really, in some ways, the church people were kind of, you know, like they were outnumbered by college, Bible college students. Uh, pastor John made a connection with one young man that's headed to, is it Rwanda? Kenya. Kenya. And Pastor John, there in our small group, and there might have been 15, 20 people that night in our home, said, hey, I've got a pastor there. There's a Christ chapel in Kenya. Hello? You guys know a little bit about that. And uh, so they've hooked up to try to hook him up. He's headed there this summer for a big missions trip. So there were so many connections. Great things happened. God has done tremendous things. And uh, God got us back in a home. We've been in trailers and uh, nothing wrong with a trailer. We've had new ones. We've had some that were vacant for years that had animals living in them. Small animals. You'll get that later anyway. Uh, we've been through a few things. We've been in fixer-upper houses that had no kitchen, no sink, no cupboards. The people that lost their home had stripped everything out, taken windows out, taken out a whole section of the eaves and Animals were getting in there too. There were little bigger animals there, but and uh, now we're in a tremendous house. It's already increased in value. We have 33 acres. We are one and a half hours from Acadia National Park and Bar Harbor. Anybody ever heard of Bar Harbor? Or if you're from Maine, it's Bahaba. You go down there to Bahaba, and if you come up, I'll take you around some of them local shops, and I'll talk just like it, and you'll have no idea what we're talking about, but. We have a ball, and if you come up, in fact, anybody who has supported us in the last six to 12 months through Christ Chapel here, we are opening our home. We have a great guest room, bathroom right across the hall. If you have kids, we have a loft bedroom, and all of that is extra. We, it was a miracle how we got this home, and we are doing a free, absolutely free Airbnb for two or three nights Anybody who wants a free main vacation, come on up, and we'll uh, take you around. We'll take you to see moose. That's about two hours from us, guaranteed moose sightings. Uh, black flies, I've lost 30 pounds since they came out in blood, but uh, we'd love to have you. So I'm serious. My wife and I would love to have any of you come up and spend a couple of nights with us. We'll take you around. We're right near the ocean. We're no... I should have given them a map, but uh, if you go to the center of Maine, almost on the coast, it's called Bangoa. 
it's, it's Bangor, actually, and we're about 30 minutes from there. We're right on the uh, edge of the ocean, so we'd love to have you. There's hiking trails. Found a big rock from about here to the windows up there. Split down the middle. A big granite boulder that is, man, it's bigger than this stage. And it reminded me of Genesis where it talks about how God hid Moses in the cleft of the rock. So we started making hiking trails. You might have seen it on Facebook. We have the scripture posted and just a place to go pray. As soon as I could start praying there, mornings it got warm enough, the black flies came out. You cannot survive uh, up in there praying. So I'm back in the house till they clear up end of June. But anyway, we'd love to have any of you. Just let us know. Bring them. Bring your kids. Bring a camper. Stay in the house. Whatever you want to do, we'll gladly guide you around. So just let us know. We've had a few unusual experiences in uh, 43 and a half years of ministry. I've never had to uh, constantly give a ride to a guy that's uh, spent some time away in another state uh, behind these metal rods. Nice guy. He calls me preacher man. Christmas Eve, he is running out to my driveway. My window is down. He's running up to my door with a sawed-off 16-gauge, I found out later, shotgun, all frenzied with his pit bull, and I I was hoping Lance Guest was with me, but he wasn't. Uh, I could have used you that night, brother. And I was not armed, but I said, now, Bob, I said, you know I'm an ex-cop, and I'll give you a ride. I said, what's the matter? He's all worked up. He said, hell's angels is after me. They're trying to kill me. I said, well, I got heaven's angels with me. I'll give you a ride, but you're going to unload that gun and hand it to me first with the... Uh, keep the barrel away from me, please, you know? And you got to act tough. I mean, while you're like, anyway, got him in, got him a ride, put his pit bull in the truck, finally got that cleaned out. That was mud. Uh, we, like three nights later, we had a guy knocking on our door, eight, nine o'clock at night, saying, are you the priest? I heard the priest lives here. I said, well, I'm not really a priest. I'm a pastor. What, what do you need? Well, I'm ready to blankety-blank-blank blank my brains out okay, well, uh, I'm in gym shorts and a t-shirt at night going to the door in November, uh, December it was, and uh, I said, are you armed right now? No, you sure? Because I don't want you to do anything uh, to yourself. And took him, the only place to take him to coffee was 30 minutes away at a gas station. So we did a lot of riding around, gave me a chance to pray for him. We've given out a lot of food. We've gone into some of the, the trailers that are up our road that uh, people that have nothing, uh, you probably wouldn't dare even live in their homes. And, and almost everybody's been very receptive. We try to bring them food every two or three weeks from a pastor friend of mine's food pantry. And we're having great results. We've had some tough guys break down in the driveway as I pray for them and, and uh, God working in their lives. The church itself, we're running a theater. That is, uh, that is a little slow right now. The COVID, I don't want to call it paranoia. I don't want to offend anybody, but the, the mask mandate is keeping a lot of people out of church right now up our way. And uh, the theater that we rent from, 
they don't make us wear a mask in our particular theater. We have to use it out in the entryway. It's so refreshing. My wife and I keep saying down here, Florida and Georgia, actually to go in a store without having a mask, we're still dealing with it up in New England. I won't say why, but thank you for those amens. Just be careful how you vote. But anyway, uh, two people got that. Thank you. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, uh, it's just great to be here. So God's doing some great things. The theater is happening, and uh, we're still meeting at our home Thursday nights. We have as many as 15 people there. I had custom-made 14-foot-3 uh, uh, material out of the 1800s farm table, and it was neat. Our first communion that we had, I, I pressed fresh grapes and broke the crackers in front of them. It was like the table of the disciples of the Last Supper because we had all these people around that table. It was a powerful night, powerful experience. So we're, we're here today driving through. Kept your pastor up till after midnight. Thank God for real friends. <laughs> I have some that would have said, well, we'll catch you next time you're through, which could be five years. But anyway, uh, fresh message God laid on my heart. Uh, it started on the way down. It started on the way down. Uh, and we've been listening to it. I, you guys have had me up most days this week, almost every morning, four or five in the morning, uh, with God stirring me about this message and working on it and refining it and making notes and changing thoughts and uh, I'm, I'm very happy to be able to share this. I just want to find that clock, Pastor. I left my phone, I think, in your office. Oh, way up there. Okay, that's easy. Thank you. I'm looking for like a wristwatch under the sound booth or something. Anyway, but I got it. So, Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you, God, for Christ Chapel Macon. Thank you. Thank you for so many that make us feel at home and appreciated those that are investing in us, God, thank you for what you're doing. I ask you to bless them today. Speak through your word, God. Lord, you know the battle that I've had all week with this message. It's been a struggle. It, it just went in every direction, God, and, and every day, God, I've worked on this. And as my wife said this morning, it's because God's got something for his people today. And we believe that, and we stand on that, and we trust you. I pray that you'd bring hope and encouragement to everyone here today, that you'd remind them of what you're going to do, even in a famine. And we thank you and praise you, and we give you the glory in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen. amen. We're going to Genesis chapter 26. I'm in the King James. I don't care what translation you're in. Uh, I, I just like King James because I grew up with it, and that's how I remember Scripture, even though I've listened to this in Amplified, in New Living, etc., all week. So we're going to Genesis 26. Anybody remember uh, a guy named Abraham? Like four people? All right, all right, we need a little more. I know you guys learned a lot because we watched that, like, six-week series. Remember that with all the... That was a challenge, man. That first week, my head was spinning listening to that while we're driving, watching it. And uh, anyway, thank God, man, there's hungry people left that want the truth, and you're still here. 
uh, you're still going. You're still faithful. You're saying, preach it, pastor. Give it to us. So we know Abraham, there was a famine in the land, verse 20, chapter 26, verse 1 of Genesis. It was beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. Oh, man, I could preach on that. I'm not going to. But, uh, you know, things happen sometimes through life. Anybody notice that? Well, uh, it says, And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Quick commercial. If you're not talking to God regularly, you'll receive incorrect instructions from your own thoughts and feelings. He's got 99% of what we need in the written pages of his word. And so Isaac consulted God, said, don't go to Egypt. Dwell in the land that I'm going to tell you of. Many of us, by the way, we're not willing to make the move when God directs us somewhere. Listen, he said, sojourn in this land, and I'll be with thee, and I'll bless thee, for unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father, and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and I will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And because that Abraham obeyed my voice, and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my law. If you write in your Bible, make a note of that. Notice, Abraham kept my voice. He obeyed my voice. He kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. There's something about repentance and obedience. There's something about coming under the written word of God which has stood the test of time and the challenges of social norms and mores. And though it's unpopular right now, there is still truth that needs to be taught and stood upon and exemplified in our lives so that folks can follow and actually make it to heaven, not just do a couple of feel-good songs and worship God and have no repentance and go right back to the same way they came in on Sunday morning, back to their old life all week. I'll talk about it later. I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. How many believe in repentance and change? That the same God that pours out grace to forgive pours out grace in the form of strength to be different than we were. Thank God for change. Thank God for his keeping power, for restoration for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to prevent us from going the wrong direction. Man, I could preach. I'm going to be careful here. Listen, listen. Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. And Isaac dwelt in Gerar. Why did he do that? Somebody? He went to Gerar because he was told to go to Gerar. And he dwelt there. And the men of the place... Okay, verse 6. Jump down uh, to understand this. Verse 1. There was a famine in the land. Famines happen. We'd like it if all of you, if all of us, were healthy, wealthy, and wise this morning. That we had so much money, we're setting up at night talking to our spouse about how do we find a tax shelter. There are other weeks, though, where you wrestle with, mm, 
The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. We shouldn't give out of reluctance. We shouldn't tithe out of reluctance. We should have never have a conversation that says, are we tithing this week? Well, are you paying the cable? Are you paying the cell phone? Are you paying the truck payment, the car payment, the house payment, the insurance payment? How about taking care of at least 10%? Because speaking of Abraham, even Abraham offered tithes after the order of Melchizedek. We know Isaac tithed because of what he learned from his dad. We know he gave. We know he was generous. But famine can still happen. Famine can still happen. First uh, Peter 4.12, don't, don't think it's strange, the fiery trials that come. The teaching today is that being in a Learjet to travel to Walmart, you know what I'm saying, and you send me your biggest offering, and we'll, we know God's going to give you a pair of gold-plated socks by Friday. You know what I'm saying? How many know some of this stuff that goes on on Christian TV? Here he is in a famine even though he's obeying God. Sometimes things are rough. Paul didn't have uh, a lot of stuff. Neither did Jesus. Thank you for that. Amen. 2 Timothy 2, 11-13 says, I'm willing to endure anything, Paul said. If we die with him, we'll also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. God has the final word. Are we, how many are willing to let God bless us financially? Mm-hmm. But how many are willing to endure when there's a famine? We're all in church. We're all loving God. We're all serving God. We're all faithful. We're tithing. We're giving. But let the least little chink come out of our armor, and then we're staying home because we're discouraged. When that's when we need church the most, when we're being taught something, and I just don't like that, I don't feel that's right. God doesn't ask how you feel about it. Look it up. I had a guy in my church years ago, back when I was a police officer. He got stopped by our local department, and the chief was my own brother-in-law and a member of our church. And he rolled through a stop sign, and an officer, I won't say who, stopped him. It wasn't me. Stopped him. You didn't stop at the stop sign. He said, well, there really shouldn't be a stop sign there. Some of us are looking at this book. Well, I don't know. My friend believes in such and such, and... I don't think I should be so judgmental. Judgmental. Hello? We are to judge. Let him that is spiritual judge. And so we get upset because God challenges us with something. Listen, even in a famine, we need to follow this book. We need to stay true to the Word of God. We need to accept it and embrace it and welcome it and eat it and read it and study it and listen up and take notes when the preacher is preaching and absorb everything we can and model it for our children or we're going to lose a generation. We need to stand firm in the faith in the written Word of God. And He'll bring you through the famine. He'll bring you through. Listen, Isaac's father, Abraham, had experienced the famine. God brought him through the famine. Refuse to wallow in it and be negative. Well, I'm in a famine. Have you ever caught yourself whining and complaining because things aren't going to perfection? You ever run from people when you ask them how you're doing and there's a 45-minute and you can't get away? That happens up north, okay? It must not happen here. But you, How are you, sister? Oh, if you only knew. 
You know, I chipped a teacup this week that was in my family since 1492 and uh, on and on and on. And I think my health is going because my wrist hurts and I Google my symptoms and it could be a brain tumor or I might be missing my right leg, according to what I read at 3 o'clock in the morning. How many have never done that? I've done it. Mark on your skin, and you think you're done. You're not done till he says so, by the way. We're not living one second longer than he says so, and we're not leaving one second earlier than he says. So we might as well try to take care of ourselves, which is hard down here. Every truck stop has brisket. I only read part of the verse, desire the sincere meat of the word. I just stopped at meat. And we had a, had a great time at Bucky's at, at 11.30 last night. I love that place. Been to them all. We plan our trips over Bucky's. We, we, uh, anywhere from Texas, Alabama, Tallahassee, I think, somewhere over there. We just caught the new one in St. Augustine coming down 95. And I said, well, there's one in Daytona an hour later. We've got to go to that too. And last night we kept watching the Bucky signs. I had to get rid of some iced tea, but I couldn't. We weren't at Bucky's yet. I can't make two stops waiting for Bucky's. Hallelujah. We got in, man. And you can't go out of there without a bag of their nuts. The hot nuts. What's on them? I don't remember. But anyway, change your life. I'm not even supposed to have nuts. I only ate a bag. I'm doing better. St. Augustine, I bought two bags, brought them on the road with me, changed my entire life. Listen, when we're going through a famine, refuse to wallow in it and be famine-focused. Don't walk in fear or under a cloud. Don't be all depressed. Don't be all... I mean, there's days... Some of you talk to me. It's great. Some of us are Facebook friends, and and, uh, uh, some of you are saying, yeah, I love your stuff. It's funny. If I wrote what I feel like writing some days... And we only had five people this week. It's horrible. I'm done. I'm leaving Facebook forever, and I'm not calling anyone, and we're closing the church. Have you ever had feelings like that? Don't post all that. Put something po- We're going to make it. And you're standing there stitching up your own wounds. You know what I mean? Thank you for those amens. Boy, this is good preaching today. I'm gonna, I need this. Listen, God's got this. We're still in his hands. We have a sign on our counter. We both had a lot of challenges still, physically, and other challenges. And we put right on our counter in the kitchen, God's got this, because he does have it. As Pastor John said about 20 minutes ago, no plans that God has set out, has set forth with, have changed. We had a lot more people years ago. We don't have them now. Guess what? I can't say this online. (laughs) I'm going to. Some of the people that left, it was good for us. I'm a better pastor than I was. And the people that we have now are part of a great core that's going to grow in the name of Jesus. And they want the word and they want the truth. And if they want fluff, I got to be calm. If you want to just go feel good and then do whatever you want to do all week, there's plenty of churches to do that. There's a church 20 minutes from us. And the guy's the cool young pastor. I can't be a cool young guy, you know. Best I can do is blue 
blue jeans, you know, and I'm kind of cool. But the beard is giving it away. The beard's giving it away. Can we help you down, sir? Anyway, uh, this guy is so cool. I talked to a young man who's a pastor's son, good friend of mine. I missed him by like a, a month of getting him for our worship, but he would have been in a different direction anyway than we're going and they're so cool. I saw him at the Bible College graduation a few weeks ago. How's it going? Man? He said, man, we're already in double services. We're running 150. My flesh is saying, hmm. And you started a month after we did. Hmm. Come on. Is it okay to have those feelings sometimes? But then God said, but that's, they're not you. And that's not you. And don't change a thing. I don't have to be the cool guy with like, eight-foot hair and shaved up to here and all that, and I'm not in a... I don't care about all that anyway. In fact, I'm growing a beard because people expect less out of me. They think, well, well, this dear old brother, he don't... He... But you watch me. I got, a, I got a couple of good fights left in me, and sometimes I'm armed, so don't worry about it. Come on. My wife and Pastor John made fun of my big wallet sticking out. She insisted, as a wife who watches over her husband... You've got that battery pack on the back of one side, and you've got that big wallet. She said, you look like you've got a truck back there, you know? And they're, they're laughing at me. You know, they're laughing. She wanted my wallet. I said, don't make fun of my wallet. There's a 45 in there all the time. No, there isn't. There isn't. But anyway, it's a 380. No, just kidding. Anyway. And I've said this. I'll probably get arrested today. Anyway. Uh, it's not in there. Sorry, guys. Listen. Listen. Living under fear and discouragement in your famine and whining and complaining, we've got to remember God's got this and this too shall pass. You're going to bury loved ones. You'll face medical tests. You'll lose money. There are times people will reject you. There are times I've walked up the road by myself in the dark just crying out, help me, Jesus, and he's going to bring us through. Famine, God can do anything even in a famine. Secondly, we've got to keep seeking, listening, obeying. Keep seeking and listening and obeying. Look at, look at that. Verse 2 through 6 mentions he talked to God. He kept seeking God. He kept obeying God. When God said, go here, he said, I'm going. He didn't go to Egypt. He went to Gerar. He listened. Listen, he did what God told him to do. I watched one of my best friends who is a pastor, and we've been friends for 20-some years now. I watched him go through the toughest season of his life, and I watched his church encourage him and stand with him and support him and keep attending and keep praying and keep believing. And I've watched him come through his famine, the worst test of his life, and I've watched him come out into a wonderful place in his life with his family and three new kids. Hmm? I think you know the guy. And I've told him, I've told him dozens of times, Every time I see what God has done for Pastor John, it gives me hope. It's not like, well, it must be nice. No, it, don't give me that stuff. I had a Harley once, a guy at my church said, must be nice. And you know what I told him? I was pretty bold. I said, because he hardly ever worked. I said, you get a job, work hard, long hours, you can buy a Harley too. And by the way, I would buy one Harley a year back then, and I'd sell it, and I'd make money, and I'd ride it free all summer. So nah, 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 nah. Look at somebody who's blessed and be grateful that they're blessed. Even in the famine. Then there was one time, uh, uh, one time we flew him up for our church. 
he was in a real crisis. And your birthday was what, March? August. And I had, uh, it was March, I think, that we brought you up. And I had, I like to bring him up in March because it was still snow and big gravel balls and stuff. <laughs> he froze to death one way trying to walk from the motel. He thought, oh, I'll just walk today. I'm feeling healthy. And it's like five miles later, <laughs> he showed up. He was ready for an ambulance. Anyway, March is still a little early in Maine and New Hampshire. But he came and we're walking through the, from the office back through to the sanctuary, and I had everybody put up fake calendars saying August, whatever the birthday was, 6th or 5th or whatever, and they had his birthday on it. And I said, look at, I said, what, my staff, man, they, got, they haven't even changed the calendar since August. Here it is, March. And, we, and then we brought him out. He had no idea there was an event, and we had the sanctuary full of people and we did a, this is your life, Pastor John Wood, and we built him up, and uh, we played the Andy Griffith theme song, that he was Opie, and uh, so we, we just had fun, man, and we gave him an offering, we put him in a hotel, and it was one of the greatest weeks of our church's history, where we just blessed a pastor who was being crushed by a bulldozer, and we grabbed his hand and lifted him up and encouraged him, and he didn't even have to preach. He just was able to rest and breathe and go out to eat. And, and we've done that so many times. That has been a pattern for us. I love to do that. Don't you love networking and helping and encouraging people? And now look what God has done. What if your pastor had quit? How would you feel if he had quit and said, this is enough, it's a famine, I can't do it. But he knew God. And he knew God could pick him up, and he knew God not only could pick him up, but that he would pick him up, and that it would be better than ever. Every morning I pray for those three precious kids, and I think of what God did even with the children. And we were just looking at the picture of his dad in his office and seeing Elisha and saying, this is God. They match. <laughs> All three of them. How do you do that? You can't orchestrate that. God just said, watch what I do. Every time God blesses him, God blesses me. How many feel that way about your friends and family? When somebody's blessed, thank God. Don't ever give that must be nice thing. You didn't go through their famine. You didn't read their whole book. You saw the chapter at the end, oh, must be nice. You know what? You don't want to walk through what he walked through. You don't want to walk through what some people in this service, some of you have walked through things that I couldn't handle, that we couldn't handle in ourselves. But Isaac kept going in the famine, and God met him. In verses 2 through 6, he kept obeying God. He kept listening to God. He kept seeking God. If we'll crack open this book every day, you can drive to work with it on, on audio. We have it so easy now. Years ago, I had to have a cassette tape and rewind it. We just put it on... We had, when I first started preaching back in 77, next, next, boy, next month will be my first sermon 44 years ago. A lot of wisdom flowed out of the pulpit. Anyway, 18 years old, I had no idea. Grew up in church, but man, I still don't know how to preach. I just get up and lean on God. You know what I'm saying? And uh, man, uh, God just took care of us and he met us. And back then, you had to keep a set of commentaries the length of this stage. Remember the Barnes Notes and uh, 
Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown, big three volume. Took like nine men to get it down off your shelf for you. Now you just have it in a phone. If we'll crack open this book every day, how, anybody ever been discouraged? Like 10 people. That's not, okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. Now you don't say, yes, I'm discouraged now. No. Fight the thing in the name of Jesus. Trust God. Crack open this book. Crack it open. Open it. I dare you. Spend seven days in this book. Seven days. Get out of bed. I get out of bed usually before the sun is up. And I sit there in my living room grateful that we have a house again. We had no house for, for three years. Grateful we have a house again. And, and there I am. I'm in there. I get the wood fire going. I'm in my recliner. I'm reading the book and I'm praying. And I'm thanking God. And I get in this book and I can't get out of the fact that I'm going to be okay. That things are going to be fine. And if I drop dead today, God forbid, God for he's in charge. I'm not worried about it. But if it is, it's his will. You know what I'm saying? He knows what he's doing. I'm not scared to say that. I'm simply saying I'm, I'm preaching. I'm pastoring. I'm going forward. My life is clean. I'm on fire for God. I'm reading this book every day. I feel the presence of his spirit. There'll be times I'm working in the garage listening to the same song over and over and over again on repeat. A couple weeks ago, two and a half hours building a farm table. And I'm just crying out to God. I'm building a farm table, but my mind is not on the farm table. I almost ended up with like seven legs in the middle anyway. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Getting lost in worship. Keep seeking, listening, and obeying. Look at verses two through six. He'll continue what he promised. God continued what he promised to Isaac's father, Abraham. And obedience was the key. Consult God regularly, daily. Make it a daily habit. Make it more important than brushing your teeth. It's quiet here today. Help me. I'm trying to hurry. Listen. Change whatever he says to change. Don't say, I can't give that up. I can't change. Yes, you can. By the power of the Holy Spirit of God, you can change anything. God can do it if you keep running to him. Don't tell me you're trying to give something up and then you're hiding it in your tool chest in your garage. I've had guys say, Pastor, I'm, I'm trying to stop. Really? Well, what are you doing at that certain package store? I saw your truck there the other day. I know you weren't buying a newspaper. And you're, tr really, are you serious? You're trying to quit? Oh, this is good preaching. Come on. God can change you if you abide by this book. If we become like the man in Psalm 1 who uh, in his law doth he meditate day and night and whatsoever doeth he shall prosper. Just this week a memory on Facebook came up from your pastor that I had with him when I mentioned him that uh, he, nobody has called us and encouraged us more than Pastor John Wood. Nobody. When I had to do antique shows on Sunday and get up at 2 or 3 in the morning and unload a 7 and a half by 16 foot trailer with this young lady here, the two of us working our heads off. And, and some mornings I'd cry because I wanted to be pastoring. I'm not scared of work. I've always worked hard. I still work hard. But to know that I just, I know God's got something else. He would call me. How you doing? I know how you're feeling this morning, but you're doing the right thing and I'm praying for you. And that memory just came up from 2018 this week and I shared it again. Listen, number three, refuse to allow circumstances to prevent sowing, to prevent you from sowing. I, so many people, Isaac sowed in the famine. How many noticed that? 
Genesis 26. Isaac sowed in a famine. Isaac sowed in a famine. If you make less than you used to make, don't stop sowing. Not just your finances, but your time, your ministry, sow prayer time, sow the word, sow your church attendance. When you're so discouraged you can barely get out of bed, go to church anyway. An old preacher used to say, give the devil a black eye. Go to church anyway. A dear old lady preacher, an old Pentecostal lady years ago, 44 years ago, said, whatever you allow the enemy to use to stop you from going to church and doing things for God, he'll make sure you get a bigger dose and plenty of it. Listen, if we refuse to sow when things are tight, we'll never sow. Have you ever had a sales pitch that says, wouldn't you like to make more money? Join my club and you'll make more money for your church. I want to ask them right on the spot, let me see your checkbook and see if you're supporting your church. Well, uh, if this business is successful, you ought to be already, as your business succeeds, tithing at a minimum. And tithing is kindergarten level. Tithing is giving part of our money that he gave us back to God. How many of you, if I gave you a 10, would give me a dollar back? If I gave you 10 bucks each week, literally a $10 bill, if I gave you 10 bucks each week, you'd give me a dollar back. How many's in for that deal? By the way, uh, Pastor John is going to honor that. No, just kidding. I can't. But listen, listen, that's with God. He asks for 10%. He meets us. He takes care of us. We had been through the toughest seven years. We kept sowing, giving, doing, serving, following his plan. And we, we ended up with an 820 credit score and bought a house that's the best house we've ever had. And it's already gone up thousands of dollars since last fall. God took care of it, and God blessed us, and God met us. If we refuse to sow when things are tight, we will never habitually sow when God finally sends a greater increase, because we'll be selfish. Thank you for those amens. By the way, when it talks about being blessed in a famine, it's not about Lear jets and gold-plated socks. Sorry, but it's not about all that. God may bless you with that if you can handle it. God may bless you. God may give you increase financially. But it's not about this whole TV Christian theme of give your tithe so you give $100 so God will give you 1000 That may happen. But more often than not, you, you, you'll lose a transmission that week sometimes. Come on, i got to be careful. i got over 100,000 miles on my truck. We're coming up last night, North Florida, Got to go to a Cracker Barrel. How many of you know that's the will of God? And we're, and we're backing in, and my rear camera goes out, my dash lights go out, and my screen goes out. That keeps happening more often now that my warranty's expired. How many know that's built after your warranty expires? Anybody want a good deal on a truck, let me know. I'll walk home. I'll give you a deal. Anyway, uh, and we came up. We prayed in there. I didn't have a good meal, frankly. I'd like to say I'm spiritual, but I'm having that hamburger patty thing, and too many rolls as usual. And my wife said, relax, it's going to be fine. I said, honey, I don't know if I got to have Pastor John come jumpstart me down here in Florida or get a tow truck. Or I knew if Mark Walters on the road, I think he could have fixed it. He can fix anything. He would have come. Listen, listen, it's not all these things, man. Paul said, I know how to abound and I know how to be abased. 
He could sing praises to God in prison. Can we do that? It's quiet here. As the old black lady preacher I know used to say, it's tight, but it's right. Listen, he sowed and he reaped. He didn't just sow in the famine. He reaped in the famine. And the biggest test of what we have is, would we give it to God if he asked? How about that woman that lavished one year's wages in value of the ointment on the feet of Jesus? That, that blows me away. Are we at a point where we could give a, a year's wages to Jesus? And that woman did exactly that. No wonder some people got upset. But Jesus said, no, she's, she's blessed me. This is what God wants. How about the woman that was a widow? She didn't have anything to give, but she gave her last two mites. And as Jesus said, this is still being referred to a couple thousand years later. Listen, refuse to back off or quit in your famine. And expect God to come through, number four. Expect God to come through. Don't worry about what you're going through because you're going to get through. Expect God to get you through. This famine was tough. This famine was tough. But expect God to get you through. In, in 12 through 16, mm, man, let me look at verse 12. I'm almost done, guys. In verse 12, it says, Then Isaac sowed in that land. Look at this. How many, can we say famine? He's in a famine. Isaac sowed in that land, verse 12, and received in the same year a hundredfold, uh, and the Lord blessed him. You know what my greatest wealth is? All three of our kids are serving God and doing some form of ministry. And our grandkids love Jesus. They're not out there on drugs and sleeping around and all messed up. You know, to me, that's true wealth. That's eternal wealth. <clears throat> it's amazing. Listen, the Lord blessed him. He waxed great and went forward. I don't have time for all of it. They got jealous and they, he, they moved him on. They asked him to leave. And he started digging a well. He started restoring some of the wells that his father Abraham had dug. And he started digging a well. And what happened? They filled it in. I wish I had time. But there'll be times that we're going forward and somebody will throw a roadblock. Anybody ever had somebody fill in your well, so to speak? You're just getting there. You've just made a pledge to missions. You've just done something. I'm going to help with Royal Rangers or I'm going to do children's church or I'm going to clean the cafe and you just get going and now here comes something else. Listen, if you let that stop you, the enemy will make sure you get plenty of people with shovels filling in your well. And, and Isaac... Isaac had them dig. They kept digging. They dug again. They had contention with the other shepherds. And, and uh, they filled it in. But he kept digging. Everybody say, keep digging. He kept digging. Listen, he kept digging. He kept digging and they filled in the next well. Anybody notice that? Take a look at the text. <coughs> they filled in the next well. You know what? He kept digging. And nobody fought him on that one. There will be seasons that we come into <coughs> that God will just say, okay, you've been through enough. You've learned. You've got the experience. This well is going to stand. This well is going to stand. This church is a Rehoboth church. This church has been through many things from way back on, what was it, Edna Place. Was that the first office? Or Edna Place was the other one? and on the office park and all these things 
I've driven, he's taken me to see the office park from 300 years ago. And the cables were all over and all this stuff. And uh, man, I bring you to the end of the message to this. I don't care what you're going through today. I'm, not, <clears throat> I'm sorry, guys. <clears throat> it's not COVID, don't worry. It's the pollen. Uh, with all my heart, I'm here to tell you, Rehoboth is coming. They filled in your well. They did devious things behind the scenes. I can't stop the plan of God, as Pastor John said a little earlier. Keep digging. And they may have filled in a second well. Don't you look at that and say, well, never mind. What's the use? I quit. Why try to, why try to do anything else? No. No, you're going to come. This could be your day. God specializes in breakthroughs. I'm not talking about making you a billionaire with gold bars full in your pickup truck bed. Come on. I'm talking about what really matters, eternal things, spiritual things. That habit you've tried to break, keep digging. You've tried, you did everything. Hey, this could be the day that Rehoboth comes when God brought him into a place, a large place. This church has been through a lot, but guess what? You're still here. You're still here. And frankly, even though you guys had a real challenging series, we went through it with you. It was a tremendous series, but it was not light and fluffy Christian light. That was not a diet series. That wasn't, uh, that wasn't uh, dairy-free ice cream. Anybody ever try that stuff? How do they get twice as much money? You want the real butterfat, 99%, just sludge if you're going to have an ice cream. I know, I had one the other day and it really ruined me. But anyway, listen, this is not Christian light here. And you're probably one well away from Rehoboth. Wide places is coming. And those traveling with Isaac were blessed too. Those traveling him, God took care of them. And those traveling with Isaac were blessed by his obedience to go and to refuse to quit when the first well was filled in and the second well. And finally God opened it up. And you'll see the last thing is this in, in just 30 seconds. Number five, he continued to honor God. You know what Isaac did? Guys, Isaac went a little further and he built an altar. An altar speaks of continued sacrifice, amen, and worship and repentance. Altars existed then to build those things, to remember that we need to keep short accounts with God and keep clean before God and keep trusting God and worshiping Him and praising Him and giving God the glory for His ability to change us. Let's bow our heads just for a minute. Pastor's coming. But I just want to pray. How many would slip your hand up and say, Pastor L, God spoke to me through the message, and I'm willing to say today, I'm believing for Rehoboth. I don't see, I, I don't see, man, this, there's a couple dozen hands. God bless you. I know it's why I fought every morning this week, and sometimes during the day, sometimes at night, sometimes in the middle of the night. 
God wanted you to hear this word this morning. Rehoboth, 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 Rehoboth. In the things that matter most, the eternal things, the spiritual things, habits and sins and struggles and tendencies to change as you build an altar and praise Him and trust Him. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I know this is for this church. God, may they remember the things that were 100% from you, God. Change hearts and lives. Bring encouragement. These are great people, God. These are wonderful people. They're faithful to you. They're faithful to their pastor. They're faithful to Sister Kelly and this ministry team, God. They're faithful to their church. They're here today on a beautiful beginning of summer day. They're in church, God. They're hungry for you. I ask you to help them. Minister to them. Bring Rehoboth to them even today. Let them be able to testify how you did something supernaturally. And we'll give you the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you. Saints, would y'all honor the Lord this morning? Thank you, Jim. Right before we dismiss, it's right now for those of you watching your watch, it's 1124. We got six minutes before the time we generally get out. Can I share something very, very personal with you? I bet in, oh, 15 years, I've said it once. Under the context or in the context, we don't ever, ever give to God or others with the primary motivation being giving something back. Okay. But when we sow to the Lord, I know that's coming anyway. And if I allow myself, I'll just start sobbing telling you this, but this is you know, I'm very open with you. I tell you the ins and outs of my whole journey because I want you to you know, watch my life. And when I putt, if it breaks right, I want you to know that it'll break right for you or break left. When my life began to unravel about 16 years ago, I think the Lord let me see uh, in the spirit too that the clouds were so black as far as I could see, like a thick, blanket and I knew it was coming in and I knew it would be a long time and I am not saying this in any measure bragging I'm trying to confirm this word for you today I didn't plan it but in that first year in prayer in Bible study in service that was the highest level I've ever served the Lord in that famine. And again, zero boasting because everything I've ever had, God gave me. In that year, I sowed to the Lord privately 10 times more than I'd ever given in a year. I said, because, and this is what I said out loud. This is like a secret of the soul. I said, I'll never have a blacker year 
to show you that I love you. So this is what I have. This is all I have. And I don't think it's reward, but it's truth. It says, God, it's the only time that I can find he uses sarcasm. He said, I'm not mocked. Whatever, soever things a man soweth, that shall he also reap. There's not a day that I pull in my driveway and I look at this pasture and I look at my house and I look at these animals and I look at this beauty and I look at my wife and my babies and the Lord has blessed me so beyond any, there's no merit. All these blessings and none of them deserved. But I look back and realize with my many, many failures, it was in the dark year that I gave it my all. And so the Lord confirmed this morning that word about the tree being cut down. If somebody's filling your well up, keep digging. This, this ain't the time to retire. It's time to retread. Now, I didn't say that to give in this, but we want to bless our pastor this morning. And there's some, I know how y'all operate. I've been with you a long time. Say, pastor, I don't have it today, but if I post this, absolutely. We want to bless them. Here's, here's what's in my heart. I'd love to pay for this trip for him to see his grandbaby's graduation and the gas and bless them with resources. He wouldn't tell you this. This won't take 30 seconds and I'm done. We're going to take the offering. They may get $50 come in on a Sunday, $40, $20. You know what they do with it? They buy coffee and donuts for the people that come in. Our church has been the support. And whatever comes in, you know, they're, they're, they're putting it back in the ministry. But these people are hearing about Christ. Can we just bless them today? No, and listen, no compulsion. If you don't have it, God bless you. But I'd love to send them away with a check that when they open it in the car, they don't think about us. They go, you're just amazing. You and your faithfulness. So as Brooke plays, if you want to make a check, you just put Christ Chapel and you can put on the bottom left, Alan Laura. And we're going to make sure that they get this today. So once you're ready, would you come and give? And then Wade's going to dismiss us in prayer this morning.